0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on a dramatic night in the Premiership Celtic score a very late winner in Dingwall To stay within four points of Rangers Giovanni Van Bronckhorst unbeaten start continued With a 2-0 win at home to St Johnston And Scotland draw Ukraine, Republic of Ireland And Armenia, not Israel in the Nations League I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight we've got Gordon Diel from home We'll get to him in just a second And in the studio we've got Stephen McGowan Steve even a very busy day in Scottish football Yeah, busy day after a very busy night The geo juggernaut powers on And uh, Celtic left away to stay in the slipstream But they can still see the lights We've got a Nations League draw We've got David Martindale saying Scottish football needs a Covid break Robbie Nielsen says it doesn't Tam Courts is on about Dundee United's Covid shenanigans It really is all happening Can't see the case for a circuit breaker We are two weeks away from a three week break anyway We're nearly there, we just have to limp on Right, Gordon DL from home. Can you hear us loud and clear? I'm nervous about this two hours, I must admit. Yeah, I can hear you, Gordon. Can you hear me? You've never sounded better. Everything okay? No. Um, yeah, bad, <laughs> bad day yesterday, but uh, today feeling a lot better. But just delighted to hear some voices because I've sat here for, what, three, four days now and continually watch TV, so delighted to be on the radio for once. Just the, the voices in his head that he usually listens to, Stephen. How would those women today, Gordon? Were they good? But do not answer that Seriously This is a family show And you could get us Knocked off air At five past six I can't have that On my conscience uh, What I will say The piece of Technology that you're using To join us tonight I dropped it off uh, At your Your house this afternoon Obviously Just chapped your door And, and walked away But as I was walking away uh, I noticed you Coming to the door In a, a fetching pair Of checked pyjamas Is that Has that been the sort of Uniform for the last few days? Yeah Well it's got to be Gordon I think everybody That's stuck at home Unfortunately Through this real bad time um, You've got to get As comfortable as possible On the recliner Watch as much TV And look forward to Two hours of conversation Debate tonight uh, Just glad that I'm working With a professional Rather than the usual guy I work with in a third Tonight, so happy to be here. Well, I was going to say that's the thing. Your partner in crime, Wilson, he's not with us either. Uh, such is the strange nature of the world that we're living in at the moment. Um, so I hope you know you're going to have to behave. Stephen's an intellectual. You can't have your usual Thursday night performance. Whether you're on the recliner, whether you're wearing your jammies, you're going to have to raise your game tonight. I certainly will. Uh, I'll try my very best, but uh, it's been fun because I have been having a couple of phone calls with Wilson and we're giving each other a bit of stick just now, but um, we'll decide later on once we get him back fitting well as well and obviously other guys are working from home. It's difficult just now, Gordon, but we make the best of it. Maybe he'll phone us on the open line. I don't know. Uh, Stephen, you're going to look after this guy? He's in safe hands. I'm not sure if there's the blind leading the blind, I think, isn't it? We'll be fine. We'll be good. 01419511025. Pick up the phone. Let us know what is on your mind. Now, there were two big games last night. A very comfortable evening for Rangers. A very dramatic night for Celtic. Lots of talking points from both games. So I refuse to believe you're feeling shy about anything tonight. Pick up the phone and let us know what is on your mind. 01419511025. Call us right now. Call us nice and early. Get your thoughts. In that's just last night. If we go ahead, we are getting ever closer to a League Cup final. We've got the Nations League draw, remember that? That's the format that led us ultimately to going to the Euros, which was fairly good for us, you'll remember. So, Ukraine, Republic of Ireland, 
and Armenia in the next Nations League. Obviously, we've been hearing from Gordon DL, life is potentially getting a little bit difficult at the moment. Is that going to have a knock-on effect on football? Uh, we'll hear from some people who think yes, some people who think no. Uh, and anything else you think we've missed, 0141-951-1025. Do pick up the phone and let us know. Overall, Gordon, before we get stuck into the specifics, what about last night overall? Well, it was very exciting, especially if you were at Dingwall, Gordon. Uh, I watched the first half of the Rangers game and they looked very comfortable against it. St. Johnston's side, you've got to see, really struggling at the bottom of the league just now. They just need a result, another difficult one for them at the weekend going to Motherwell. Um, so that'll be a hard one. The second goal, Rangers, I just thought was an absolutely brilliant team goal and a great finish with Kent as well. But then you go up to Dingwall, seven minutes added on, the excitement, how important will that goal be from Antony Rao? and that keeps up points deficit at four it was so so important a great time to get a winner and especially from a guy who probably everybody thought at the beginning of the season wouldn't even be involved he's become one of their big players but for me the guys just now that are banging for him I'm loving watching Aribo and Tom Rogic comes on that part last night you're thinking something could happen here so I thought it was a valuable three points for Celtic and a comfortable win for Rangers come on then 01419511025 you've heard what the man on his recliner in his checked pyjamas thinks but what do you think it's a bit more important so pick up that phone and let us know let's start ending while hearing from Ange Postacoglu praising the composure of his players after they fought for that last minute winner he says a few decisions went against them but says they'd rather just go on than complain super proud of them and, and, and really happy they got the rewards for uh, you know we had to deal with a whole bit of a whole lot of adversity tonight and uh, you know testament to their character and their spirit that and even their composure at the end of the game there just to keep playing our football and, and, and you know, get a deserving winning goal. You know, with 10 men who are trying to win a game of football and, you know, as I said, dealing with, with, with adversity as well. And, you know, we're still trying to play, you know. We didn't just launch it long or try and get sort of second balls. We still tried to play our football around the box and, uh, you know, it was a great ball in and super for, for Tony to get the winner. I don't think we got... Uh, the rub of the decisions tonight I think a few went, went against us to be fair um, but yeah, as I said to the boys we won't complain about them we'll just win games of football and uh, let that speak for itself but yeah I think there's a few that went against us tonight but we'll just keep going and playing our football and, and like I said uh, keep winning and, and you know, those kind of things hopefully even themselves out Stephen you'll never truly know but that certainly falls into the category of might be important by the end of the season might be important I mean I, I, I felt since all these injuries kicked in Celtic were a good bet to lose some points I think they'll do well to get to the Rangers game January the 2nd without losing anything and last night with 11 minutes to play you thought they're in trouble here Carol Starfield gets sent off um, possibly a bit harsh you know he did Jordan White's arm caught him no intent there I don't think but Starfield I think got really angry I can understand it when his blood pouring out his nose um, took it out in Alan Muir a bit too vigorously and the referee then sent him off for a second yellow card and you're thinking well this is one of these nights it's going to go against Celtic uh, I think one or two uh, media organisations <laughs> including her own online operation in London may have already preempted this issue by saying the final score was 1-1 did they, really? they did but uh, anyway we'll bush over that and um, <laughs> yeah Celtic got the, the final the final goal and yeah as we said earlier Anthony Ralston is turning into one of the stories of the season I agree with Gordon I think Joe Aribo and Tom Rogic are two outstanding technical performers and the two of them are a joy to watch but you need your grand as well you need your guys who are going to come up with big 
courageous moves and big key moments of the game and Anthony Ralston really picked one up last night Right come on then let's hear what you made of the football last night whether it was Ibrox or Dingwall or you've got something else on your mind 01419511025 that's what Chris in Ayrshire has dialed what did you make of that last night how important might that Anthony Ralston winner be Chris uh, absolutely important very important uh, that just shows uh, the spirit of this team right now but uh, again yet another night my point in the night again well you've probably heard me before guys I've tweeted to you many occasions yet another night in Scottish football yet another night uh, abysmal officiating in a match involving Celtic Football Club it's uh, you probably wouldn't want to hear it but for me there's only one way to describe that and that's corrupt well, I don't think you can say that, Chris, I'm afraid. So uh, that, that's one of those things that you're just never going to be able to back up. You're going to have to provide a set of facts to, to back that up. And and unfortunately, that's that's never going to happen. That might be Chris's own opinion. Um, but I'm not sure that gets us anywhere, Stephen. I think in the middle of a situation where you've got two teams going for the league where both sets of fans think referees are to get them. And we've, we've seen Celtics displeasure. Ian Bankier made it clear at the Celtic AGM. They then wrote to the SFA to voice their, their unhappiness about the interview given by Crawford Allen to another radio station. So there's definitely a narrative form in the Celtic field referees have really kind of got it in for them just now. I think Valen Muir last night, I, I thought it was a poor decision from him to, to, to book Carol Starfelt because Carol Starfelt clearly had blood coming out his nose was clearly been hit. I mean, I think under the protocols you're supposed to, to, to stop the game. You're supposed to you know, allow treatment to be given to a player that takes a head knock. The, the thing is, I don't think Alan Muir saw the elbow of Jordan White get into him or his arm. I don't think there was any intent. And equally, you know, I mean, we don't know what Starfield said to him. Certainly judging by Joe Hart's reaction, it was something fairly strong-worded. I think the problem with this stuff, Gordon, is we, we do this all the time. We go around in circles, of course, there are bad decisions. But I don't know how, I've lost count of how many days on we are, it can't be many. From all the phone calls, uh, maybe last week, the week before, saying, oh, well, Kyogo was offside against Hearts, look, Celtic are getting decisions in their favour, we could literally do this all night, every night. There is always There are always examples of decisions to prove and disprove any theory that people may have. Yeah, every every incident's getting highlighted now, Gordon, because of the importance of obviously Rangers and Celtic going for this league and probably the big prize money at the end of it with the Champions League um, to get uh, into. So I think that brings a little bit of pressure as well. Everybody is looking at every situation. I thought, I, I, I'm with Stephen a little bit here, I watched the second half last night. First and foremost, I think Celtic deserved their winner. They, they dominated most of the possession. They just lacked that little bit. We cool going people like that. Jota not there last night, just with that extra spark. But they kept going. They kept that Ross count, and I thought they deserved it. I felt for Starfelt, but the referees probably going letter of law. We don't know the the language he's using, and you know how strong it was towards him. Everybody and it's been in this game before, played, managed, their coach will always say, well, sometimes you've got to look at common sense. But the referee acted last night and then obviously right after it, Starfelt, for me, unlucky, but it didn't harm Celtic's chances because obviously they got the late winner and um, I think they deserve a lot of credit with 10 men and going and getting that. Uh, the story of Anthony Ralston, Stephen, is just, there's another chapter every week, it seems. Listen, I think everybody at the start of the season thought Anthony Ralston was just killing time. 
that he was just coming into the team until Celtic signed Josip Juranovic, whoever it was that we're going to go for. And uh, he would then go back to his status of being a bit of a, a team also run, but he's absolutely risen to the challenge under Ange Postacoglu. And you know what? I think if you gave a lot of Celtic fans now a straight choice between, if you had to pick between Ralston or Juranovic as your first choice right back, who would you pick? I think a lot would possibly go for Ralston. And you're talking about Juranovic, who's the first choice right back for Croatia's national team. So that, that that's a measure of how far he's come on. And you think back, it was a one spell at St. Johnson, was it? It wasn't a success by any means, any measure. Um, and it looked as if his career was heading towards a kind of fizzle out stage, but he's really fired a rocket up it and he's got a new contract and he deserves all the praise coming his way. Uh, let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu. He says, um, no, in fact, I tell you what, let's take another call. Let's squeeze one more in if we can. Ricky is a Celtic fan. How important do you think that last minute winner might be, Ricky? Very, very important. And I think... Ange's got the boys believing Last year we were, we were lost that 2-1 last year We were lost that game Even we 11 men were, were lost it last year under Lennon He's got these boys believing again The ones that were there last year, the McGregors, the Taylors These boys all believe that they can go and be better this year uh, I think he's a breath of fresh air at Scottish football Not just to Celtic I think he's, he's unbelievable And the, the players he's bringing in have been top notch so far yeah, I always we, we hear that a lot, Stephen, and it's one of those things that you just get in your gut as a fan and we'll never really know whether Celtic would have lost or drawn that last season, but it certainly had a bit of a feeling like that, didn't it? We saw some of those nights. In fact, we saw one of those nights in Dingwall yeah. uh, last season and, and maybe maybe there is a bit more character or, or a bit more match-winning ability about this current crop. Well, they needed it because if you think back to the last... 95th, 96th minute incident, whatever it was, it was a Giacomacchus penalty, which he managed to miss. It was saved against Livingston. So that put him behind the black ball a bit. And then you had the Kyogo decision against Real Betis, where, you know, Ange Postecoglou faced criticism for bringing him on when a bit of a, a, bit of a, a gamble he didn't really need to take. And let's be under no illusions here. If Celtic hadn't won that game last night, the manager would have been facing more criticism. His, his, his decision-making would have been called into question once again, as well as the decision-making of Alan Muir. But, you know, he pulled it out. He pulled it out of the fire. Bit of controversy about how much extra time was added on. Um, you know, that's the way it goes in a nip-and-tuck title race. You know, any decision that goes in favour of a team, fans of the other team will think there's something not quite right in the state of Paris. But, you know, the complaints, it must be the first time six minutes of added time has been regarded as an advantage for a team mm. of ten men. Normally they would be screaming for the final whistle. Let me play a bit from Malky Mackay on that. He says he doesn't understand why they were still playing when Celtic's goal went in. He says it felt like they were playing until Celtic scored. Obviously they scored in the seventh minute of added on time. Don't know how that happened, but um, they managed to score in the last minute or so. But uh, proud that... Uh, our players enacted the game plan they did tonight ran Celtic as close as they did uh, who, are, who then find themselves you can hear with the celebrations lucky to get away with uh, three points from here tonight so uh, I'm definitely I look at that and I look at the progression they've had since day one of the season to where we are right now where we're taking on the old firm toe to toe uh, with two defeats and seven it's to both of them but we're scoring against them as well and we knew that we could hurt Celtic tonight um, but uh, seven minutes is an interesting bit to have to be honest with you where you get seven the seventh minute that they decide uh, that we felt at one point as if we were playing until they scored. Is that fair, Stephen? No, I think it's a. I think the strange thing about last night as well was that when Jordan White came on, he transformed the game. 
for Ross County. Within two or three minutes, Ross County were giving absolute problems to Celtic. You know, they, they, they got the goal back, they were 1-1, and actually they looked a good bet to go on and win. And the strange thing was that with time still to win the game, Ross County almost seemed to go back into their shell and play for a point. But they didn't really need to. I think Celtic were vulnerable, they were there, they had a one-man advantage. So Ross County sat back and took what they had, and I think that damaged them in the end because they were inviting Celtic onto them in wave after wave. After 96 minutes, four or five seconds, was it? I mean, I think I think, yeah, I think, I think it, the goal went in. I think at ninety six minutes and five seconds. Now, yeah. every time, if you've ever been to a football stadium in your life, you know the Tannoy announcer says there has been a minimum of. Well, 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 let's put it this way. Uh, imagine, imagine so we've gone the reaction, five seconds over. Yeah, imagine the reaction, Gordon. If Alan Muir had blown the whistle when Celtic get the ball at the edge of the box, attacking after a corner. It would have flipped the other way. So it's a no-win situation for the referee. Hey, Gordon, is this fair from Malky McKay or is it? One of these manufactured controversies that we get very caught up in in Glasgow and Scottish football at times. Yeah, I think if I was in Malky's situation, I'd be saying the same myself, Gordon. I think every manager would, let's be honest about it. Um, they get back into the game, I agree with Stephen. Once they get back into the game and Celtic down to 10 men, you're thinking, right, go on the front foot and try and go and get a really terrific one. But I thought it was Celtic went on the front foot and Ross County were just defending for their lives. I sort of understand where Stephen's come from about possession type, that Ross County had a little bit of the game. But in no time when I was watching that did I think Ross County mm. were pausing enough to go and get three points and I keep getting back to it you've got to go at the final whistle Celtic achieved that and the minute Tom Rogic comes on the pitch you've got a feeling that if anybody's got to make something happen it's going to be him The opposition manager Ricky says it felt like they were playing until Celtic scored No, I would say see Malcolm McKay's Ross County would have scored 96 minutes would you come out with the same statement? I mean my guess would be no but you would have, you would have well, to answer that well, for himself They had every chance the same as us as Gordon says they never took their chance because they never pushed it we did oh, fair. the yeah. rewards are pushing it ok I get that and I mean Gerald is on Twitter he's got it all added up for me he says here's some facts Starfelt was treated for 3 minutes 50 seconds Starfelt being red carded took a minute and 10 seconds there's 5 minutes add in the subs the Ross County <laughs> goal celebrations etc what I'm going to do Gerald is I'll spend the ad break with my stopwatch and I'll cross check all of that thank you Ricky 01419511025 Rangers fans what did you make of last night what stood out for you uh, we'll take your calls and hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen McGowan is in the building. Gordon Diel is in his building. He's at home. Are you still there? Still okay? Still okay, everything fine, Gordon. Good, that's great. He's changed into his fancy jammies during the break, apparently, just so that he's, he's up for the second part of the show. Get your calls in on the usual number or tweet us at Clyde SSB. Let's speak to Andy, who's a Rangers fan. How would you describe last night, Andy? Uh, outstanding. I think. Uh, how you doing, panel? You all right? Aye? Good, thanks. Good. Good. Um, yeah, I think Rangers were absolutely outstanding yesterday. I think that's probably one of the best performances we've put on. I, I know that it was against St Johnson, who brought him in the league, but I think that it's like player to player. I think we've got a couple of points actually. The first one, I just wanted to go through a few players. Like Aribo, mm-hmm. I think he's he's just gone from strength to strength, and I think the new position that he's playing, sort of yeah, the background, it's lovely boys. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> Don't worry about that. off his plate. Um, like I so Aribo the, the kind of free role that he's been given I think that that's that's what he's, he's suited to do 
He's outstanding. That shot at the beginning was brilliant. Um, his the whole game, he was brilliant. I think Bassey, he's kind of he's now kind of taken to that centre back role. Um, some of the attacking play that when he was running forward reminded me a bit like uh, Magic Baguera back in the day when he used to go on these runs away up the pitch, taking on players. And of course, his, it was his. You know, uh, with him running to challenge the ball, which ended up with a corner for the mm-hmm. first the first goal. Hadji, I think, is excellent. He was unlucky to, to not get on the score sheet. He's, uh, I think, he's got a brilliant, uh, fantastic football and IQ. That I think was probably came from his dad, from Joe, like he said over the years. Delos back in the goal scoring positions, which is good. Have good defensive play, and I know he gets a lot of stick for his poor defensive play. And Kamara. Brilliant solid performance again, uh, controlling the game from the midfield. So I just think all round, it's, it was 2 0, but it should have been maybe about you know, 4 or 5. Yeah, Gordon Deal, it's generally a good night at the office if you can rhyme off half the team and, and praise them. Yeah, I thought I thought about Rangers were an easy streak last night, Gordon. Uh, they were very comfortable. Obviously, got the goal with Morelos. Um, he's right he's talking about his back scoring goals. He looks hungry again. Looks like he's enjoying his football. I said at the top of the show, uh, it's a delight to watch someone with the ability of Aribo. I think he's absolutely brilliant just now. He's in top of his form. I think new manager coming in, tweaking the system has really helped him. Bassi settled in at centre half. If he was playing the night, I would not be comment on him because he'll probably put an own goal in I just think the Rangers look a, I just I think Rangers look a different side and that's not uh, criticising Stephen Gerrard because I think he done a terrific job there but just to tweak the system the way they play if you look at their second goal last night it was top top class from start to finish it was a terrific goal great movement you know and it's a terrific ball over and Kent puts it in the back of it they're just playing with a lot of confidence this new style this new manager this new freshness is just Given them a lift at the right time, and I thought that it was a, an easy three points for them. Yeah, that clip of you praising Calvin Bassey along with the caller as he sticks the ball into his own net last week has now made its way onto our social media channels. I noticed, so uh, you can check that one out. Uh, let's see if your manager agrees with you, uh, Andy. Let's hear a bit from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He was speaking on Sky last night, happy with the performance. He does talk Joe Rebo, he does talk Alfredo Morelos. And he wants to add more goals to Ryan Kent's game uh, after he got his second of the season. Of course, we need to create chances for the strikers, for the midfield players, but uh, especially uh, with the ball coming from the right, he has to be there. He has to be in the box to uh, you know, try to score the goals. I think his position was excellent. The ball as well from uh, Morelos, so uh, you know we're more than happy with his performance. Yeah, I was going to think that's five and six for Alfredo since you came in. How important is that that your main number nine, if you like, is is contributing that way in front of goal? Well, I think he's got the, he's a striker, so normally he will get a lot of chances each game. And uh, today he had a good positioning at the second post with a with a corner kick and also an assist for Ryan. So uh, you know. Uh, was very important again today. Yet another man of the match for Joe Rebo. You can see what the people in here think of him. How pleasing is that as a manager? And also with, with January around the corner, how much do you think other clubs might take a little look at his talent? No, I'm just happy with his performance. That's the most important thing. He did really well. You know, once he controlled that ball uh, from the air, I knew he was, he was going to be man of the match. But, uh, you know, he's so important. As I said before, he's a very versatile midfield player. You know, can play up the pitch, but also, like, defensively, he's, uh, he's very stable. So, uh, today, again, a uh, good performance by him. Sounds like he agrees with your assessment. 
Andy, does it all just feel quite comfortable at the moment? I'm not sure. I mean, Tynecastle is obviously going to be a difficult place to go. There were uncomfortable moments. But you know, the, the new manager's still unbeaten and no real signs of that changing at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, the way they're playing just now and with the squad that we have at the moment, then I'm pretty confident that the, yes, the only thing I'm a bit worried about is comes to my second point is that this January window is going to be crucial. Because this Celtic's problem right now is our squad depth, and you can see that yesterday when they when they have a few injuries, they're they're not looking that strong. Rangers, however, since Geo's come in, they seem to have just kicked on and, and kicked back into gear. So I think if Rangers can hold on to the team that they've got, um, then well, that's that. I think that if Rangers can't hold on to the team, Celtic can go and strengthen it the January window, then it could be a bit shaky. But you know what? It's beautiful. It just means that the game is very exciting right now because it's you know nobody knows how how it's going to pan out. But it's I think January window is going to be very crucial for both teams. Steve, I think Andy makes an excellent point about the depth for the squad. So I think that's the biggest difference at the moment. Celtic really are kind of. I know Chris Sutton got a bit of hassle for saying down to the bare bones last night because they do have a lot of international players but they did six players missing for a forward line last night you don't, you don't have a centre forward you have a problem in contrast you look at Rangers and they just look with a really strong all over the pitch players for every position I think they, 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 the impact Calvin Bassey's had since he came in just shows you that unexpectedly good centre half um, but it also looks like a player reborn I mean you mentioned the five goals in six games if you remember Stephen Gerrard was criticising him quite pointedly for his lack of goals or for not scoring enough. Since Stephen Gerrard left, he hasn't stopped scoring. And actually, we're kind of getting to the point now, and might be sacrilege to say it, it almost feels as if Stephen Gerrard's timing for leaving Rangers was a bit of a blessing. Gordon, five in six under Giovanni van Bronckhorst. I think it took the previous 16 games for, for Alfredo Morelos' five goals before that, if that makes any sense. Um, so he's clearly more productive in front of goal but more than that does he look different does he does he look more at it does he look fitter does he look livelier yeah just he, he looks back to his best Gordon he's a good very good striker he knows where the back of the net is let's not get kidded on with that one you look at his goal last night typical striker goal it's a typical he just stands there and he guesses where the next ball's going to go from the flick on and he's got an easy header into the back of the net that's instinctive that's what strikers are all about he looks like he's enjoying the new manager he looks like he's enjoying the changes he looks sharper the, um, I think that the two wide guys uh, give so much width to Rangers now. I think he's enjoying that service. You've seen his goal at Tynecastle at, at, at the weekend. He just peels off and he gets a cut back from Sakala and it's a great finish from him. So, yeah, it's all about goals. It's all about confidence. Strikers live off of goals, live off the confidence of goals. And so far, he's producing a good... Uh, thank you very much to Andy. 01419511025. On the phones, let's hear from Callum Davidson, St Johnson manager. You know, these new rules just came in on Friday, you know, so and then we end up losing my main striker uh, for 10 days uh, with it. You know, first and foremost, I do hope whoever is the family member is, is safe and well, uh, most importantly. But again, it's a, a bitter blow, but it's a real sort of hard one to take the weight. We're going to lose Chris for these important games coming up. But it's just not myself, I think it's a... You know, we went the season understanding we're double vaccinated, you know, stay safe and you know, household, you can still come to work, but obviously be very careful because we don't want to spread the virus, but, but it's just as, as clear cut as that. It's not just going to be myself. You know, I've got young kids. I've got, not young, actually not young anymore. Uh, I've got kids and, <laughs> and my wife works and I think a lot of the players at St. John's, their wives all work. So they're all at risk of, of catching this new variant and, 
I think it's really difficult if you're just going to have lost a member of staff as well uh, this morning because, uh, again, summer uh, circumstances. So it's not just going to be us, uh, St Johnson. I think it's going to be everybody. So it's a real tough one when you lose a player with that. It's OK, suspensions, you accept it. Uh, but when the rule just changes three or four days ago and you've got to lose it. Yeah, so Callum Davidson just explaining how he's up against it a bit, Chris Kane, with the new household isolation rules and all the rest of it. I suspect, hopefully not, but I suspect we'll see a bit more of that uh, in the coming games there was maybe just one moment Gordon for St Johnson to get themselves back into the game as comfortable as it was for Rangers Liam Craig went down in the box he was hoping for a penalty he got booked for diving did the referee get that one correct? Yeah I thought he did uh, I thought it was correct Gordon um, I just I looked at Rangers last night I thought they were very comfortable against St Johnson St Johnson needs something I don't know if it's desperation because of they're at the bottom of the table they're just trying to do everything in their power to try and get something to get them back because if you look at their squad they've actually got good players yes it's very hard to lose Chris Kane he's one of your top performers but you've got to accept that every club will be the same in the coming months but I just I, I never I never looked to me at any time in the game that St Johnston could get something out of the game last mm. night let's bring in Craig who's a Rangers fan from West Lothian were you impressed last night Craig? Uh, yes I think it's been the same since Giovanni's came in I don't think any teams have really managed to get the upper hand on us um, the only times teams have actually had a chance to come at us is when uh, Gio tells the team after a goal or two to kind of sit back a wee bit more play with the ball to kind of entice these teams with a low block to come out but apart from that since Geo's came in Rangers have just seemed to control nearly every game they've played in It's still early Stephen but I'm looking at the nature of the fixtures and I wonder if now we've got a pretty good sample of, of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's work because he's had two European games He's had the so-called tough away venue like Livingston with the, you know everything that goes into that and the pitch and so on. He's then gone to Easter Road and Tyne Castle. Again, these are the so-called tough away venues. And then, if you like, with no disrespect, your bread and butter home game where the opposition will probably stick everyone behind the ball and say, come on and break us down. So th- there have been different challenges within that spell. I think the biggest difference is they've stopped losing the silly goals. I mean, you remember that spell where it seemed like Gordon they were yeah. losing the first goal all the time, weren't they? They're not really losing any goals at the minute. I think it's the last four they haven't lost a goal, is it? Maybe the last four. And uh, that that's a huge difference because it seems like... Domestically, making, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know they were hemorrhaging goals beforehand. So under Stephen Gerrard, you know, relatively speaking in regards to the Rangers, where does he stopped that? The full-backs are sitting a bit more rigid, a bit more disciplined now. And, you know, I think God mentioned uh, Fashion Sakala. I, I thought Rangers would have to go and get themselves a right winger in January. Looking at Sakala now with the pace and the directness, I'm not sure they will. Mm. He's made a real impact. I mean, Gordon, you, you never say never because football's got a habit of biting you in the backside, but because Rangers have negotiated that spell of Livy away, Hibs away, Hearts away, last night was the start of a run of three home games. St Johnson, Dundee United and St Mirren. It would be a huge surprise if they didn't get nine points from those three games, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd be very surprised going, especially at Ibrox, especially the way they're playing. Um, I think all the players are bought into this uh, tweak of the style of play, the wide. I think, like say, Kent. I looked at Kent last night. For the first 10 minutes, they were feeding him the ball. He was going at Rooney. He was giving them a real, real hard time. I just think that Rangers are bought into this way of playing. 
under Van Bronckhorst. I think they're they're excited doing it. They don't push their full backs very high quickly. They leave that space. And if like St Johnston last night at times just sat everybody behind the ball, they're quite happy to be patient with it and just try and break them down. No, when you look at the running fixtures coming up, yeah, I do fancy them. I'll be very surprised if they don't pick up maximum points. The previous caller, Craig, was talking about January and, and how important it is. Let's wait well we heard the manager answer the point. Someone like Joe Aribo, how how exciting is it to, to see his form and, and how much room is there for a bit of worry that, that maybe that means that you know attention on him goes up with January just round the corner? I think that uh, with that you can't really help it. I don't I don't see Steven Gerrard coming in in January and taking a rebel to be honest with you. A club like Aston Villa has an unlimited budget. I think with the way Gerard left and he admitted himself that it wasn't the right timing for the club, he can understand the fans' frustration. Um, but it was the right time for him and he didn't know when that opportunity was going to come again. So I just think, out of respect, I don't see him coming in and nicking big players in January. I'm just hoping, obviously, no other team from England come and take in Joe Rebo in January, but... To be honest with you, I think Rangers will try their best to hold on to him. I think we're going. I think we're going for gold with um, uh, Champions League money next year. I've got a feeling that we'll try and hold on to all our best players, no matter what's offered, and go for that forty million. Because right now, if you look at it from the Rangers board's perspective, we've been pretty much top of the league since maybe about eight games in or so. Once Hearts and Hibs started to fall away a bit. Mm-hmm. So there hasn't really been much pressure on us coming off the top spot so far. So I'd be very surprised if the boards don't decide to do what they said they were going to do and just go for go for the money at the end of the season. So I think Joe Aribo would probably be the last person they would they would allow to go to another team at yeah. the moment. Stephen, it doesn't have to be Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa, though, does it? No, I think uh, Crystal Palace, Watford, Brentford all linked with interest in Joe Aribo, and you know. People tend to, they don't like it when you say that stuff, but actually it's a compliment to the way he's playing. Whether they would leave Rangers in January for a Crystal Palace, a Watford or a Brentford, I don't know. I think Craig makes a really good point. Again, Champions League football really is there for Rangers now. The carrot is there. Um, you know, they've got this favourable run of home games. They've got to go to Aberdeen, of course, and they've got to go to Parkhead. If they come through this period right up to January the 2nd without sustaining any major damage they'll massively fancy themselves for the week Craig thank you I'm going to have to move on I didn't realise we were so late already for the travel so I better do that but if you want to get your calls in right now there's a good chance you will be up next 0141-951-1025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGowan in the studio Gordon Diel from home I'm just going to check in on you after every break just make sure everything's okay I'm, fi- I'm, f- I'm fine and so is the mushroom I thank oh, him he, very has much has he been in he's, touch has he oh he's yeah he's never off the text he's doing my head in already I thought I'd get rid of him on the Thursday night but he's back in my ear I think maybe we should um, I don't know why you're reading your text through your ear I must say but um, we'll maybe get him to phone in and, and, and share his <laughs> well, <I'm sorry. laughs> oh, I'll tell you what you pick me up and everything and eh? share, his, share his thoughts um, I mean I couldn't help but notice on your, your social media feeds as well that some you got a care package delivered to the front door. 
The other night, yeah. bottle of red wine, oh. about 40 paracetamol on a COVID test. Yeah, there are a lot of kind people out there. A lot of people texting me through my Instagram as well, asking me how I was. So thanks very much. And anything you can drop off. I'm the penthouse suite, so it's a bit of a hard ass to come up. Well, three landings. You, you, you have seen how hard it was this afternoon, Gordon. I heard you puffing mm. away there when you down the stairs. I've got, I've got this image of you in a cravat and a Hugh Hefner gown. No, Gordon, no, 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 believe me. <laughs> no, no, no. Smoking jacket. More like a, more like a George Asda gown. <laughs> believe me. I, I witnessed no, it today. No, no, I'm not like a, I'm a casual wear, ledger wear, casual wear, whatever you want to call it. He's a master. I would of, take a bit of criticism. A master of technology as well. Did you hear that? He's getting texts through his Instagram. I'm not sure that's the right terminology, but don't, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg has to fear for his future uh, at any point. Right, 01419511025. The great thing is I can properly turn his mic off now and he can, we'll, we'll never hear him. Um, I know he's trying to chip in with some smart comment, but I'll leave him off for now. 01419511025. Or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's bring in Thomas, who is a Rangers fan. What's on your mind tonight, Thomas? Uh, just obviously, I watched the Rangers last night, and uh, at the time, and Gerard went, it was obviously disappointing, but as soon as I knew we were in for uh, Van Bronckhurst, it definitely softened the blow, and it's actually working out, it's actually working out better because the games before with, with Stephen, it was, it was, we were starting to get stale and they were becoming a bit of a chore, but it's it's totally it's the day and night now with Van Donkast and watching them. All the players, you can see the difference in the players. Even Kent, Morelis, first of the whole team. Normally I'm watching a game going and I'm saying to myself, I can take him off, he's not having a good game, but there's not one player last night that was having a bad game. And you just feel Rangers have had their blip and uh, we've had the injuries as well. Every, much, every bit of the same as Celtic, we've had a lot of injuries, but we've come through it, the, the, the blip we've had. We're only going to get better. Just feel Celtic's just hanging on in there, and uh, the, the January window will be a bit poor because I don't think anybody went for the Celtic players, but they might been for the Rangers players. But it's definitely it's 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 going the right way with Van Bronckhurst. You're looking forward to every game now because of the way we're starting to play. We're just going to get better. Explain the psychology of the rivalry to me, Thomas, because I, I I think I'm getting there, having done this show for quite a while now, but I'm not as immersed in it as as some of you guys. So when when your team or, or or the team that anyone supports scores a last minute winner or grinds out results, we often hear that you know oh, that, that's a good thing that shows resilience or it's the sign of champions or whatever. But when it's your rivals that do it, it means that they're hanging on and they're they're going to be lucky to keep that up. How does that work? That's the way I look at it. I look at when teams are just you know just get maybe one nose and they're hanging in there. That's what it's like. And uh, of course, it would have been good to get the the cushion out of six points. But see the fact that we're going to get the, we'll actually be, we should go seven points ahead in the weekend, and that's going to put pressure on Celtic. And 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 as I said, you were right to cut that guy off at the start, Gordon, because I tell you the new, see Var was in place this year. I think Celtic would probably be about seven points behind, or at least another four with some of the decisions. But that's another thing. But. Rangers will be able to put but pressure But this, this, this is the problem with this thing, Thomas, because everybody's got their list, but it invariably it leaves out decisions that could have taken points off your own team because Rangers will have a decisions go in their favour as well and so will St Mirren and Motherwell and so on, will they not? Well, would Rangers' points total have been the exact same? How, how do we know? 
I, well, I don't know any decisions. The only one, the only one, the contentious one that people have known about was Ryan Kent, the, 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 the penalty at Easter Road. Apart from that, I can't believe you've done this to me, Thomas. Right? Because people who listen to the show would know that I, I don't like, I don't like doing this. I always say, "What's the point? What's the point in rhyming off the list?" But with my own allegiances, you've you've just rolled it across the goal line for me to mention that Sakala was offside when he scored against Motherwell at Ibrox. Yeah, that was the only goal Rangers scored that day. Well, that, that, as I said, I, would, I, I still think it would probably, but I, listen, I don't bother about referee. I can assure you, just go out and win the game. You raised the, the, you raised the point, and listen, I've, I've broken my own rule, Gordon Deal. I am annoyed at myself, but it's because the mm-hmm. Claret and Amber was involved. I just, uh, head loss, and I, 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 get, I get caught up in it. But, you know, like I say, everybody's, everybody's got these hard luck stories. Yeah, and you'll hear them all, all season gone. But I'll get back to Thomas's first point about, you know, the way Rangers are playing, how he's now sitting enjoying it and whatever after the new manager comes in. That's not to say that these players, Rangers players have kicked into gear because they got off to a, a slow start, but they were still four points in the, in, in the title. They were still in the semi-final. They were still in, obviously, in Europe. And Van Bronckhorst comes in and takes that over. It's not to say these guys wouldn't have kicked into the same gear because they're quality players. They've got a quality squad there. And I think just the fact of the freshness of the new managers coming in with some new ideas that they bought into, tweaked the system a little bit, Morelli's starting to get goals, builds that confidence up, Kent back from injury, starting to play on the wide areas where I think he's more dangerous rather than that number 10. A rebels at the top is for him. And that just spreads throughout the full team. And I think that's why Rangers are playing so well. I just think that the managers come in at the right time Given them lift, and I think all the Rangers supporters loving this. Mm. I, I, I'm loving the title race now. At the end of the day, there, you can go to Ross County on a Wednesday night and have a really difficult night at Dingwall, whether you're the best team or not. It's a hard place sometimes to go to, but it's all about character, it's all about going and getting the result. They went down to 10 men. And they still went for the, the, the three points and they got that. And I think that's what makes it so exciting this year. I really do. Thomas believes Stephen Rangers have, you know, they've, they've had their blip and they, they've had their injuries. Again, certainly not uh, a fortune teller, so I'm not sure, but you, you can understand why he might might feel that maybe that was as bad as it would get yeah. for Rangers, even no, no, though the, the four points never never was, uh, you know, that, that gap has been, been four points for ages, hasn't it? Yeah, but they lost, they lost points at home to Motherwell, they lost points at home to Aberdeen, was it? Lost it in the United and Tanadice. Unusually bad start. At that point, we were all asking, what's wrong with this Rangers team? And there were theories about players like Conor Goldson running down their contracts. After they lost to Hibs in the semi-final, Conor Goldson said, well, you know, we've lost their hunger. Well, you're looking at it now, you're thinking they haven't lost their hunger. And it does raise the question, was it Steven Gerrard who lost his hunger? Was that the problem? Because if you're looking at the record under Gio Van Bronckhorst, you might well come to that conclusion. I mean, you look at what he's doing down south. He's obviously a good manager, clearly. Oh, yeah, and then Michael Beale and the team. So yeah, yeah, you just you wonder if it is that well, it was, know, shelf the, life or. Well, it was that comment he made, didn't he? he said he said I I fulfilled my remit. It's almost as if he felt his remit was to win the league, and that was it. Now. One trophy out of nine, a lot of people feel that wasn't a great record, but he won the league that mattered. Mm. So almost like as soon as he did that, he was semi-detached. Uh, Thomas, it was nice to speak to you. Let's leave it there because it's time for this. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's time for Beat the Pundit. I've had a tweet in from Chris who says, no way you can let DL play Beat the Pundit, especially with his record of cheating and his phone to hand. Chris, this is a guy who just described himself as receiving texts through his Instagram. If you think he's going to be quick enough to Google the answers during the 30 seconds on Beat the Pundit, you've got another uh, thing coming. You will... We're safe, aren't we? Gordon? 100% safe. The only thing I'll cheat at tonight is a full-time teaser, but yeah, not Beat the Pundit. I did worry about that, but believe me, Chris, it takes him 30 seconds to open that rotten fake leather phone cover that he's got so there's no chance this guy will be cheating but if you do want to play tonight it's 0141 951 1025 and you need to call before 7 o'clock it's that simple your chance to beat the pundit is next Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGowan and Gordon Diel on with you tonight 01419511025 Been a lively old start to the show Looking back on big games Last night Celtic leaving it late Was there too much time added on? Malky Mackay says yes uh, Lots of Celtic fans as you might expect Saying no, Rangers comfortable At home to St Johnston Whatever else you took away from last night Pick up the phone and let us know 01419511025 Scotland's Nations League group has been drawn What do you make of that? Ukraine, Republic of Ireland and Armenia Uh, We've got different managers giving different opinions on Whether Scottish football should stop or or might stop In light of what's going on uh, with the pandemic So whatever is on your mind Now's a good time to share it 01419511025 What are you up to? What is that What is that noise? And I might regret asking that question <laughs> Gordon DL Who are you talking to? You, obviously What's the noise I can hear? Oh, I'm very sorry I didn't know there were a noise I was actually clapping my hands Was that what it was? I did think it was a sort of slapping sound And um <laughs> <laughs> nah, let's, let's leave that there on let's, let's do this <laughs> Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Just really excited for Beat the Pundit. Who knows? Let's bring in Kieran in Greenock. How's it going, Kieran? All right. How are you? You well? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Have you ever played before? Uh, no. Nah, that's probably the best way. You just get chucked straight in. You're not scarred by any previous disappointments or you're not too confident after any previous victories if it's heads you will play Stephen McGowan and if it's tails it'll be Gordon DL who's lying back on his recliner clapping his hands apparently so let's see how we go with the coin yes it's the recliner clapper um, Gordon <laughs> up against Kieran from Greenock so um, look, producer Chris can we make him disappear can we fulfil the, the dreams and wishes of every listener who wishes they could do the same right he's gone oh you've, you've, you've we fully cut him off Okay right We'll need to get him back At some point oh, It's going to be a long hour For Stephen and I uh, Kieran 30 seconds Just answer as many Questions right as you can If you don't know Pass quickly And we'll move on Okay yep. Right let's go 30 seconds starts now What nationality's Former Rangers defender Sasa Papac uh, Who opened the scoring For Celtic last night Abada Who managed Hibs When they won the Scottish Cup In 2016 uh, Who's been managing their current club for longer James McPake or Jim Goodwin Jim Goodwin Who are the current Scottish League Cup sponsors Finch. Who started in goal in Celtic's first league game of the last season uh, 
Absolute black butter. Okay, let's bring Gordon DL back. Um, Gordon, can you hear us? Let's see if we can get him now. Gordon, have you got us? Oh, not yet. See, that was risky. I knew we shouldn't have cut him off completely. Gordon DL, give us a shout when you can hear us. Stephen, you might have to play here. This is your worst nightmare. Well, I don't know if Stephen heard the heard the questions or not. Gordon, have you yeah. got us? Yes, we've got you. Good. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Right, 30 seconds. Your time starts now. What nationality is former Rangers defender and friend of Mark Wilson, Sasa Papac? Uh, oh, French. Who opened the scoring for Celtic last night? Abada. Who managed Hibs when they won the Scottish Cup in 2016? Uh, Mowbray. Who's managing their current club no, longer, James McPake or Jim Goodwin? James McPake. Who are the current Scottish League Cup sponsors? Oh, pass. Who started in goal in Celtic's first league game of last season? Uh, Barkas. What's the verdict, Kieran? How do you think that went? Oh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I think Kieran's a winner. Do you think so? Mm, I'm not so sure. Uh, what nationality is former Rangers defender Sasa Papac? <laughs> He's Bosnian. And not your uh, not your worst answer. I mean, still pretty bad, but not your worst, Gordon. Uh, Abada opened the scoring. For Celtic last night You both got it Tony Mowbray was a Horrific shout On the next one I must say It was Alan Stubbs Stubbs Yes Alan Stubbs Yeah Kieran got it Well done Kieran 2-1 in front Who's been managing Their current club For longer James McPake Or Jim Goodwin It was 50-50 You both chose The the other one And uh, the answer Is James McPake Gordon DL Equalises the current Scottish League Cup sponsor Now Kieran went for Cinch Which is the Premiership Or the league um, The answer is Premier Sports It's the Premier oh. Sports Cup None of you got it Who started in goal In Celtic's first league game Of last season You both went Barkas You were both wrong It's Scott Bain So it means we're on to the tiebreaker I like this This will be good Oh how am I going to write my tiebreaker now? That's a great shout Get your um, (laughs) Yeah I didn't think about that Right Here we go Listen there is no hurdle we can't overcome Fire up Get that nasty leather phone cover open Get a a message open to me And send it straight away Okay I'm warning you Hold on This could could be good I will be able to tell If you can google Because you're like Hold on on. You're like everyone's auntie You've still got that noise Switched on in your iPhone Where you can hear the clicking Of the keys You're the only person (laughs) I know Who's got that switched on So I'll be able to tell If you're googling I'm going going to give you In text not whatsapp right Whatever, choose whatever Right, go Right, okay Um, I'm going to read the question, Gordon You need to text me first Don't say anything, remember How many of the 42 SPFL clubs Have the word park in the name of their stadium? So how many of the 42 SPFL clubs Have the name park in their stadium name? Text me right now, hurry up I'm warning you, if it's not there Done Right, there we go Done Uh, I've got it, alright, calm down Kieran, what would you go for? 23 oh. <laughs> Kieran's gone 23 Gordon DL's gone 16 The answer Is 22 oh. Kieran Well done oh. to you sir Good man Kieran The sign ball is on its way to Greenock I'll get Gordon DL In around 8 days time uh, To deliver it in his jammies Hope that won't put you off your dinner too much No, of course it won't Good man Kieran and Greenock You've been well beaten Gordon DL How do you feel? Uh, no, no, my sickness is tonight. Alan Stubbs. I was oh, thinking Alan horrific. Stubbs. That was rubbish. Yeah, I'm sorry. I went Mowbray. <sighs> and, and your horrific record on the tiebreaker continues as well. 
No, I'm not very good in the tiebreaker. I think I can cheer you up. Um, oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, your, your pal Curious Creatures is on um, oh, with no. a bit of poetry. I always have to proofread them first quickly. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we can go for this. Risky, but I think we can go. <laughs> he says, so Daz is stuck at home again as isolation strikes. Let's hope his Wi-Fi is going strong to watch the things he likes. We think he's bought a train set. He can tell us if that's right. All we hear is chug, chug, chug throughout the day <laughs> and night. A Hornby train set was what I got you that for Christmas. So there we go. I think that's, that's, that's I'm glad you've put oh. it um, to good use. That was, that was brilliant. Good stuff from, from Curious Creatures. That was great. Um, 01419511025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter um, Scotland's Nations League draw has been made Stephen McGowan Ukraine Republic of Ireland Armenia what do you make of it? Ukraine and the New Israel aren't they? I mean uh, I've seen a lot worse Ireland 50th in the world world rankings recovered a bit under Stephen Kenny as we said Armenia 92nd you'd hope they'd be able to take a few points off them Ukraine again who we have in the playoff in March for the World Cup and they're going to be going up against Sinchenko Yarmolenko some good players there but it's a manageable group it's a good group attractive group and the most important thing there is no Israel absolutely DL does Dublin you fancy that for a trip? Oh yes, yes. I would like a wee day, a wee weekend in Dublin. Mean Wilson would be sensational in there. Um, but and, I, and I, I, football. I, yeah, I agree with Steve. I, I think that the way we are playing, Gordon, the way we're going about our business, we're quite happy taking him down. And I think that is a manageable group, and um, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, like the Nations League is a strange phenomenon that, that popped up in our footballing lives a few years ago, and. People were maybe a bit sceptical of it, but let's not forget it was the avenue by which yeah. we got to to the Euros. So yeah. we, we, of all nations, should know how important it is. Yeah, the worry, all, the, the worry always was with the format was that if you went up a level, it would make it really far too difficult. Now, if we win this group, there will be promotion to the big boys, to Paul Poulet, but most importantly, it'd be pot two for the European Championship draw. So it would give you a better chance of automatic qualifications. So um, the incentives there, it really has given nations like Scotland a chance, which is, let's be honest, we really needed it. And it's actually built a bit of confidence up for the national team as well. So we're getting a bit better. It's been a good thing for Scotland, I would say. And I mean, Gordon, when you look at it in our section, if you like, in the teams that we could have got, you look at we're in Group One um, in League B, but Group Four: Sweden, Norway, Serbia, and Slovenia. I think it was. So the the, the possibilities there. Were, I'm not saying we've got an, an easy group or the easiest, but it could have been worse. Can we agree on that? A hundred percent. I think Stephen said that the word manageable. Uh, I think that if we, it's everything else, Gordon. Momentum, confidence. You got off to a good start. Um, it has helped us in the past. Um, obviously, Euros this year was sensational. The boys know know what a tournament's all about, and incentives there for them. So yeah, listen. There's no easy games. We know that, but the way we are playing the squad we've got and the, the young guys that they just stick together and they go and work as hard as they possibly can under a very good manager so it's all positive uh, Ken is on the line Ken is that a, a group we should be excited about fearful of somewhere in the middle I wouldn't be fearful of it I think, I think they could win that group to be honest with you I mean is it Ukraine we're playing in the playoffs yes yeah. yes it is so we're going right, to be sick so. of the sight of them yeah, well, <laughs> and not not as bad as Israel anyway, you know. But no, 
mean, even the Republic of Ireland and Armenia, I'm not worried about it at all. As long as the, uh, the, the team isn't decimated with COVID, that's the only concern for me. Oh, yeah, well, there is that. I mean, it, that would certainly be something we'd hope to avoid, obviously, Stephen. I mean, Republic of Ireland's going to be an interesting one. We last played them, I think, was it the, the, the Gordon Strachan yeah, campaign? That was a wonderful... It was at Celtic Park because of around, the, the, the Commonwealth game. Games. It was a, yeah. That was a brilliant night. That was mm-hmm. really a, a, a top... A top night for the national team, great atmosphere, a wonderful goal that we scored, uh, had to settle for a draw over in Dublin. They, uh, how would you sum Republic of Ireland up? I feel like that they have been struggling, that they're maybe slightly on the way back up, but, but not the yeah, force that well, they were. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think people felt Stephen Kenny would lose his job for a while there. And I think they've now been unbeaten in the last six, albeit one of them, I think, was a, a friendly against Qatar. Ukraine are interesting as well as the top seeds because were they not one of the third-place qualifiers for the Euros for the, the last, for the knockout stages? Yes. So I think I think they got through from beating North mm-hmm. Macedonia, if my memory serves me right. And then I remember seeing them against Sweden where they were a bit fortunate to win after the extra Hamden, time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A bit fortunate to get through after extra time. Thrashed by England. That's a manageable, manageable situation. It's a strange one because obviously the big one against them is the is the playoff. And yeah. You're right when you look at their form, but uh, you know I think they they did good performances in their group against France. They they, yeah. equi- they acquitted themselves very well against France, but then didn't win many other games. It's almost like if you want to go looking for a stat that makes you feel good about playing Ukraine, you can find one. But if you want to go looking for one that, yeah, that makes the, you feel that there's one there as well. The other thing with Ukraine is there's obviously bigger things going on in Ukraine as a country just now. So who knows what will be happening in the new year in terms of their, their security as a country with Russian troops massing the border. But we'll worry about that when we come to it. The, the Tartan Army can still dream of a night out in Kiev. Mm. I told you, I told you, Gordon, it was a different level tonight. When was the last time Wilson brought up the <laughs> geopolitical situation in Eastern Europe? Absolutely no chance. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. The bar we'll has keep been raised. in the house. Um, yeah, I mean, Ken, I guess the, there's a real feel-good factor about the the national side at the moment. Does that make it a bit more easy to get excited about the Nations League and, and again, the knowledge of what it did in getting us to the Euros? I mean, especially now, I mean, when it, when it first started the Nations League, but nobody knew anything what it was about. And I remember pouring in and asking, it's Gordon the Elke tell me about it, but he didn't know a thing about it. So, I mean, I now... It's it's, an exci- it's going to be exciting for me to watch it anyway. I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but I'll be excited watching it. Yeah, I think it, that was the. It's great that we've had such an obvious example of what it can do for you. If you miss out on your traditional route of, of qualification, it gives you that comfort blanket. You can, I mean, people call it a back door. It's it's just a different door. Yeah, Stephen. You know, things have have changed a little bit, and. Um, Listen, like I say, it would be crazy of us of all countries to look down our nose on it. Yeah, I mean, you get some snottiness, don't you? You get English journalists and so on saying, ah, we're just bringing down the standard of major tournaments, we're letting the dross mm. in, and they're probably including us in that. But it's, 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 it's actually, I think the biggest difference for Scotland is that people like international football again. For a while, oh, people were totally absolutely. disengaged from it. We've all been there, let's be honest. And you'll still get, I think, Celtic and Rangers fans will say stuff international football. But you know what? People are falling back in love with the national team a little bit again, and that's good to see. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's possibly a good point. There does seem to be a different feeling uh, about it all. Um, what about, I know you had some club football on your mind as well, Ken. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, last night's game, I mean, uh, the referee, I mean, I think referees should show a bit of common sense at times, and I think if 
that if he last night had done that, then he, uh, Southfield may, may not get the first yellow card. You know, but and all, overall last night, I think it just showed the great determination that the team have actually got, even with there's so many players out. And I thought Tom Rogic's uh, pass for Rolfson's head, I thought that was a piece of magic, that pass. Yeah, again, Gordon, covering something that will come up all the time. This is the, it's the perfect example of of the way things can be spun. We've got Celtic fans getting in touch tonight saying the ref's a disgrace. It was a terrible refereeing performance. I can't believe that he didn't show common sense. I can't believe he booked Starfelt. Starfelt shouldn't then have been sent off. And the, the very same game, the very same referee, if you're an opposing fan from Celtic, you say, oh my God, six minutes added on. What, what's going on here? So... We're just um, we're we're going round in the old, in, in circles, but but Ken thinks that that Starfield maybe was harshly treated. What do you what do you think? I I think if you're in the game, Gordon, uh, if you've been in the game as a player or anything, I think you look at that and you think, okay, I can understand. You've just you've just had taken a very sore bang to the face. He's angry. Uh, I don't think the referee quite seen it rightly. I totally agree. I don't think Jordan White, you know, I thought he went honestly for a ball, but he's caught him. Um, and you do get that anger because the blood's obviously pouring out of him. Common sense for all the players, ex-coaches, managers, whatever it may be, but the, we don't know how severe the language was and maybe the referee decided enough was enough. But you get back to... You go back to the, the, everybody keeps talking about six, seven minutes. If I was Malcolm Mackay, I'd be disappointed. Celtic have just lost one of their centre-backs. You're at home. They've not got that threat of Kyogo and Jordan and Forrest and whatever up front. And I thought that Ross County went and thought, well, hang on here for six, seven minutes and we'll take a point. So they had the same six, seven minutes as Celtic, but... I, I, I agree, I think Tom Rogic has got a new lease of life under Postacoglu and when he come on last night you're thinking if then he's got to make something happen it's this guy and his ball, he, he stands that ball up to the back post and all credit to Ralston, it's a terrific leap and a very good finish from the boy Thank you Ken, it was nice to speak to you 01419511025 Let me run something by you something much more important than refereeing decisions or Nations League draws or any of that Cash for Kids Mission Christmas Cash for Kids Mission Christmas appeal is still happening So many of you have already stepped up to the plate Donated, raised funds We're hugely thankful Really makes such a difference But sadly there is more that needs to be done And you can make a difference this year By supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas To hear how much difference your money can make Let's hear a bit from Joyce Joyce works with the G15 group in Drumchapel And in this clip she's going to give us an example of the poverty that they need to deal with. There's like five children in the family and there's mum and dad. Very independent family. Both parents are working. The young people were then saying, I was frozen last night and I couldn't get back to sleep. Well, the heating's off before nine o'clock because we can't afford to burn it after nine o'clock. Hmm, not easy to hear. We guarantee that every penny, 100% of the funds raised, go to help families like the ones that, that Joyce is talking about. Go straight back to support those who need it the most and it will make such a difference. There is still time to donate to this year's appeal, so please uh, do what you can. Find all the details at clyde1.com forward slash mission. And that's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with the G&D Pierce. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
We've got Gordon DL at home with his train set this evening. We've got Stephen McGowan in the studio and still mm, half an hour to get your calls in. So let's hear from you 0141 951 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. David Lachlan has been in touch. He's sent you a full time teaser for tonight. So thank you to David. He got in touch at the usual address, fulltime at Clyde1.com. And he wants to know if you two and Gordon DL. I'm wasting my breath here. You could, you are at home. You could easily just Google this, and you probably will. Let's be honest. I, I you, hope so. You are I a hope cheat. He does. You know, there yeah, no listen, I admit, I admit that I probably would, but I'm not going to tonight. We'll see. It's going to be funny when he googles them and still gets them wrong, though, Stephen. <laughs> It'll give us great entertainment. So David says, "Can you name the last ten Scotsmen to score in a League Cup?" Final. So it's topical. We've got the League Cup final this weekend. Name the last ten Scotsmen to score in a League Cup final. Sorry, Gordon. It's Forrest. He's done it three times, I think. James Forrest. Christie. Um, Ryan Christie is not actually on the Sean, list. Sean, Sean, Sean Rooney. Yeah, Sean Rooney is the obvious one. He was the most recent. One more guess from you, Gordon. Um, I'll get back to you once we get going, mate. That's great. Thank. You. All right, you've got two. Any more from you, Stephen? Any it's guesses? Chris, Christie wasn't right enough. Mm, There's a semi-final against Apparently not Apparently not What do we think? Alright we'll leave it there See how you get on The last 10 Scotsmen to score uh, In a League Cup final Um, Just a Christie should be on the list Come on David Lachlan Why are you doing this to me? Alright okay Ryan Christie Uh, Stewart's inquiry that early on Stephen Thompson I just assumed that it would be Uh, Ryan Christie, yes, and Stephen Thompson, yes. Okay, we'll leave it there, uh, and we'll see how we get on. Stephen, we're now back at that topic that's never never really gone away, um, in truth, but it's sort of rearing its head again in terms of how the pandemic, how the COVID situation is impacting or is going to impact on football. Now, believe me, I take absolutely no joy... um, in bringing it up because we've had great times getting back to football a sense of normality and getting fans back in, in stadia and all the rest of it so um, but I feel like it's probably getting to the unavoidable stage particularly because managers are speaking out about it and David Martindale for instance thinks Scottish football should go on a two week circuit break he thinks it wouldn't be fair to ask teams to play with depleted squads I feel sorry for Dungeon United because it could be any one of us if you were sitting here asking me what would I do right now I would shut the league down for two weeks that's what I would do personally I would shut the league down for two weeks I'd have a circuit break and I would go again I don't believe it's fair on teams even when they meet the criteria of 13 players so many over 18 two goalkeepers I don't believe that's fair for the competition so that's the, just the take of, of one manager on it um, On the other side Robbie Nielsen says they owe it to supporters To keep football going through the festive period He says it's up to the players and staff To do all they can to avoid Covid issues No I don't think we need that at the moment To be honest with you I think we've got the break coming up After the um, game in January So that hopefully gives us a, you know, a chance To, to, to see, see it out a wee bit you know, I think one of the things we've got to remember In football is that you know, People's lives revolve around it a lot of the time And they need it through this festive period and you know that's hence the reason we have a lot of games so we have an obligation to make sure that we don't put ourselves in areas that we're going to cause ourselves any problems but make sure that we put games on I mean Stephen like I say I I think Clyde One Super Scoreboard's job is not to like whip up worry amongst people but you can't we can't lie to ourselves tonight in the 
biggest and richest football league in the world They've announced that four more Premier League games Have been postponed this weekend Due to Covid-19 outbreaks Southampton-Brentford Watford-Crystal Palace West Ham-Norwich And Everton-Leicester City They are our stories now this evening and I think one will appear in your newspaper tomorrow that the SPFL clubs that they're having discussions they have to yeah they're worried I mean they, 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 the joint response group had a Zoom call with the, the, the Premiership teams today they'll speak to the teams from the War Leagues next week Monday, Tuesday because the clubs are anxious because there is a lot of anxiety out there if you watch the news at night now I mean I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I don't really want to watch TV news because it's just too grim. And football is a diversion. I'm with Robbie Nielsen on this. You know, you, you put the football on last night, however you get it. And it just takes your mind off the grimness of what's happening round about us. And I can't I can't buy what David Martindale's saying. I respect his opinion, but I can't buy this idea we need to have a two-week circuit breaker. We're very close now. January the 3rd after the Edinburgh Derby to a three-week winter break. I think the JRG's opinion is we've got to get through to that by hook or by crook. We just have to limp through. If that means teams playing with eight or nine kids, 19-year-olds, so be it. We just have to get to that point because apart from anything else, well, well, let's not beat around the bush here. We've got a £25 million a year television deal with Sky Sports. Every game that gets postponed or doesn't appear on Sky Sports costs the clubs five hundred grand. So if you get three or four now, if you shut it down now, three or four, it's £1.5 million, £2 million quid. Clubs are not going to want to do that. There's no fat in the bone just now in terms of finance. So I think people are going to have to just accept that the clubs are going to really crank down. There's going to be the lateral fortes. We might see the return of the, is it the red zones, was it? So would that mean no away fans, do you think? Do. Is that is that realistic? Do. Because I was going to say, you make, you make a fair point about you know clubs having to do what they can with their playing staff. But the, the elephant in the room then is... Is the fans because, yeah. and again, this is not me on on any soapbox. I don't think we need to take calls to say, do you think the government's current restrictions are, are right or wrong? That that's not what this is about. It's whether you agree with them or not. Is it difficult logically to ask people to cancel Christmas parties, watch what they're doing over Christmas, only mix with certain amount of households? But say crack on and go and sit in a football stadium with fifty or sixty thousand people. Gordon, I, I don't even think it's a sitting in the football stadium is the issue. I mean, Jason Leach touched on this today. He spoke out, he said, you know, once once you get to the cup final, he said, I'm not actually that worried because that's outdoors, it's a big space. Scotland in December. The problem is the buses, the cars, the trains, the people getting to the games, to the events. That's what they're worried about. It's that mixing, it's that mingling. And that's where the problems are going to come in. And I think that's why we will now see clubs going right back to the start. I mean, even as, as journalists, if you want to go to Celtic now, we have to produce a, a lateral four test, two hours for kickoff. You have to have your vaccine passport. You have to wear your mask. So all the measures are coming back again now. And to keep fans in ground in some shape or form, I think we have to accept that they're going to probably have to be sacrifices. But I repeat, in answer to the people who are saying fans are going to be locked out at the minute, the GRG are determined to carry on as normal or as normal as they possibly can until they're told otherwise. Is it naive to think there won't be some sort of restriction on fan numbers or, I don't know, are we going to see some change at all between now and in the winter break, do you think? Or can we go on exactly as is until then? <sighs> they don't know themselves. Because they, 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 don't, they don't know, they will effectively, the, the JRG will do what the government tell them effectively. 
But at the minute, all we have is guidance. I mean, football's in the same area as pubs and hospitality. Uh, clubs are already gearing up for losing their hospitality income and match days because they know that with, with the rules in terms of mixing households, that's probably not going to be a goer. So they're going to lose money that way. They don't want to lose any more money. And with a situation where the, 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 the Scottish government clearly don't have any money to give to them now. So I think everyone's aware of the high stakes at play here. If, if they decide... Scottish football has to lose fans again. The clubs will be banging down the door, same as the pubs, same as hospitality, saying, well, hang on a minute. You're losing us fortunes. What do you want to do about it? Gordon Diella, do you want to be the COVID spokesman? Well, not really, because I totally understand both sides of the argument, Gordon. I'm sitting here tonight, unfortunately, can't be with you guys because of, you know, tests and, and trying to do the right thing. But it is difficult times, again. Uh, I agree with Steve. I think that um, as much as everybody does respect Dave Martindale's uh, opinion, I think we've just got to try somehow to keep the game going. It's, you know, it's just so important to everyone in this country as well. I know that life's gone, obviously, safety comes first, totally understand that, but I just feel that we have to keep going as best as we possibly can, if there's some uh, restrictions in there and Stephen's right, because when you used to go to the games and the checks it used to have to get into the stadium with your passport and everything, temperatures and whatever it may be, that that's just a way of life just now, but hopefully and fingers crossed we can keep it going yeah, well, it's going to be fingers crossed, as Gordon says. I don't know if we've got much more choice than to just hope for the best. I think, Stephen, that's the best um, or the most relevant example for me because we've been through this for ages now. It's not about trying to be an expert and pretend that you've got a greater understanding of the pandemic than anyone else and, and spouting various things. Four more games in English Premier League are off. They geographically are pretty close to us. It's a massive league, loads of money. I imagine they've got lots of... Um, thought that's gone into keeping players safe and all that so that, that that would be my footballing worry without taking anything else into account if that's happening down there we might be in a bit of bother of course it will yeah it's naive to think otherwise I spoke to a, a senior figure in the game yesterday and he said well what happens in England tends to follow pretty much up here so it would be naive to think otherwise we've already seen positive cases at Dundee United You've seen a smaller case of Chris Canis and Johnson striker last night who had to isolate because of a house cold contact. So there's going to be all that stuff going on. Um, you know, you can argue, should teams be going to Newcastle for Christmas parties, for example? Probably not. You know, but it happened. What happened happened. And the United, thankfully, are able to play it Saturday against Rangers. What kind of team they're going to turn out? We don't know. So you have all the arguments about integrity and so on. But, you know, I think Gordon and me have both agreed on this. We just have to keep going by hook or by crook. Yeah, Rangers fans, if you're worried that the game is in doubt of the weekend, Tam Courts confirmed two players have tested positive. They cancelled training at their St Andrews training base. However, he says the visit to Ibrooks is not in danger. Because we've been you know, living through these times for the last two and a half years, we've been able to have still a really good kind of planning week. Um, we've managed to minimise disruption. I was also at the range get, Rangers game last night. So again, I still feel like at this moment in time, we've got a healthy squad to, to choose from. We're excited by the game at the weekend. And the couple of positive cases that we've got are very similar to what we've had in, in recent times, even just as close as the, the recent international break just before we closed down. So it's almost been business as usual for us this week. There we go. Um, you can get in touch on the phones or Twitter at Clyde SSB. So we're looking for, thanks to David Lachlan, the last 10 
players Last 10 Scotsmen to score In a League Cup final You've got Sean Rooney You've got James Forrest You've got Ryan Christie Gordon, have you googled any more In the last few minutes? No, but I'm going to give you two guesses Kenny Miller Kenny Miller Friend of the show New Falkirk assistant manager By the way Yeah Um don't know nope. if he's cancelled tomorrow night's show yet. Is he still in? I think. I think. I think he is. Uh, yes, he's on the list. Well done, Stephen. Yeah, that, 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 that was my guess. That was my guess. Oh, come on, Stephen. No. Get your own. I'm the used Kilmano to working player, with Wilson. Kilmarnock player. He was. That was Van Tornhout. Yeah, 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 that's not him. Yeah, not him. He's not one of the Airdrie yeah. Van Tornhouts. What, what about Stephen Thompson? Said, Mar- him, said, said him. him already. Sorry, I forgot Did to mention sorry. him. Yeah. Apologies, apologies. He is on the list. Come on, tumbleweed oh, going across the studio here. Tumbleweed. Yeah, he's on the list. So you've got Rooney, Forrest, Christie, Miller, Thompson. One, two, three, four, five. All right, well, you're halfway there. We'll get the rest next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL working from home. Stephen McGowan. In the studio, do you think the show goes faster when you're at home, Gordon? 100%. It does, doesn't it? How weird is that? So I did, what night was that? 100%. Tuesday night, did it? Uh, Tuesday night, I think I did from home. And it's just weird, doesn't it? It goes so fast. I don't know why that is. Because yeah, it's absolutely as great. I've got, I've got to say. And well, you're, you're, watching, you're, you're watching Coronation Street now. Did the TV? The know? thing is, that you've you've thrown that in there as a joke, but you don't know that that genuinely is his favourite TV show. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm serious. He never misses it. There was a time when he we came in here for like a long show one weekend, and I can't remember. I dragged him in early or something, and he brought his iPad and was watching the Coronation Street omnibus, having already watched the original episode when it aired. Does during this, the week Does this face look surprised? <laughs> no, it no. does not no. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying it boys I'm enjoying it Well, and, and on, uh, This is not even loaded question No jokes here I'm not going to lower the tone what, what have you been up to? What's been on? I know you're a big Netflix fan Yeah, I've been doing um, Is it 14 Peaks? Uh, Wilson uh, got on the phone to me today are, And recommended Are you joking you know me? He likes. Are you joking me? No I recommended no. that to you yesterday Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. You were part of it. You were. Part I phoned of you planet. last night and told you to watch it, and now all of a sudden, right. you and Wilson, because you think you're bound together by not being able to make it into the studio, you're ganging up and taking no, the well, credit away. Well, look, no, Wilson said he watched it. You said just recommended <sighs> it. You've not watched it Honestly. yet, but let me tell you, if I'm out there and you're bored, watch it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the, the show may be going quickly for him, but <laughs> for us, standing here. Honestly, yeah, strack yeah, it in, honestly. Yeah. Uh, let's see how you're getting on with this teaser. We're looking for the last 10 Scotsmen to score in the League Cup final. You're doing okay. You're, I think, halfway. You've got, Ross County. You've got Stephen Thompson, Sean Rooney, James Michael, Forrest, Ryan Christie, Kenny Miller. Michael Gardine. Oh, was that a joint effort? I think you both yeah, said it at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Well done, Michael Gardine. And the heart scorer, Winston Murn won. Stevenson, Ryan Stevenson. Ryan Stevenson. Yeah, you've googled that all day long. Yeah. No, yeah. I haven't. Ryan I haven't. Stevenson. I would never have got that. Ryan Stevenson. Uh, okay, so right. we're looking at one, two, three. Oh, in fact, you got Kenny Miller as well, didn't you? So you've yeah. got one, two, technically three to get. Oh, five, mm, six, maybe four, depending on how un- unfair or, or how cruel I feel like being to you. I'll explain that in a bit more. Stuart Armstrong, no? Uh, detail. Nope. 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 Bearing in mind we do football nationality So this guy maybe not born here Maybe doesn't sound like he's from these parts But he played for Scotland so he certainly counts 
Oh, Lyndon Dykes? No, 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 no. Celtic example oh, of sorry, that ilk Sorry, sorry, sorry Mm. Okay. Mm, I've went quiet here. Yeah, you have. Let's bring in George, who Chris, is Chris Commons. Yes, Chris Commons. Chris okay, we'll leave it there. Let's bring in George, who's on the line. What's on your mind, George? Are you talking Nations League draw? Yes, I am actually. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the Nations League draw uh, with us getting Ukraine, the Republic of Ireland, and was it Armenia? Yes. Yeah, um, it, it, it's. Um, I mean, it, it's a decent enough draw. Um, obviously, we play the Ukraine in the playoffs, so that will give us a good indicator uh, regarding what we're up against when we play them in the Nations League. The Republic of Ireland, we've not played them for a good few years, so it's difficult to gauge that one. And, Armenia are relative yeah, unknowns as well. We've never played them, so yeah. it's always it's always good to tick off another country, Stephen. If that's your yeah, if that's what you're into, they, 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 they're quite a new nation, George. I think. Yeah. I mean, they've already had a couple of decent results. They beat Romania, beat Iceland. The uh, main man is, is, is Mkhitaryan, is it? Played for Arsenal and Manchester mm. United, now at Roma. So you know that'll be interesting—a new venue for the Tar Army to go to and. There's always a danger with us, isn't there, that we focus so much on Ukraine and we focus so much on the Ireland game that we forget the, the group diddies. So, um, yeah. It's yeah. usually us, to well, be fair. Well, indeed. Um, they might be saying... Still oh, could be. On our Armenia FM this evening, they might be saying, <laughs> look at these dafties that we're up against. Yeah. Um, the scheduling's interesting me, Stephen. Just wanted to, to mm. bring that into people's thoughts in case they hadn't noticed. So match day one and two... Going to be between the 2nd and 8th of June 2022 yeah. Match day 3 and 4 Between the 8th and 14th of June 2022 yeah. So that that's thick and fast And then match day 5 and 6 uh, A bit of a break But only to September So late 22nd to 27th of September Now An away trip in June is magnificent for yeah. fans yeah. Quite difficult for football players though um, yeah. Albeit the Probably the same for every country it was always, it was Craig Brown always said that, wasn't it? He always said, never try and schedule these games for then because call-offs, players are tired, just want to go on holiday. See, now I seem to remember, uh, was the England game not the, 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 the June game, the 2-2 at Hamden? Yeah. I think yeah. it was. We also got, a, we, we, we beat Croatia in Zagreb, I think, as we well. We did. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a disaster, but it just emphasises the fact that for players at the top level now, it's a 12-month, 24-7 game. Because there were players playing for Celtic, players playing for Rangers, who will possibly be in that squad, who will be looking forward for Champions League or Europa League qualifiers, whatever, maybe even the group stage, weeks later, and they're going away for four games in Scotland, and their managers will welcome that like they welcome a hole in the head. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, it's, I take Stephen's point, June internationals are not necessarily a new thing. Um, There's going to be four in the first half of the first two weeks of June it's going to be four games you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, one to negotiate yeah and after a, a, a long season especially if you're playing with the, the, the top clubs Gordon playing a lot of a lot of football a lot of players look forward to that break um, you know you, you're, you're finished now and you're just hitting back to pre-season two three weeks later it's a real hard schedule for them uh, Stephen's right uh, as much as players will want to play for a country of course and this group of guys seem to enjoy you know meeting up and, and, and going and playing and, and representing our country but um, I think for 
for the managers, the club managers, it'll be a bit of a headache and a bit of a worry I've got to say because it is a lot to, to put on to players. Feels like there's a a consistent and good squad at the moment though, George, and do you see many changes going forward? Will will it still be the same group that, that carries us or the same the same squad that carries us into these games? Um, can I yeah, I, that's what I was gonna come on to. I mean, uh, we obviously we need to introduce the likes of we we need to look at our keeping situation. I mean, we've got the likes of Wayne Kelly, Sander Clark to come in, which is good. Um, but there's you know the other areas of the team that we need to look to expand. Given what you've just mentioned about the scheduling with the uh, uh, with with the club demands and the international demands. So the likes of, you know, I was thinking of Tony Watt getting into the international setup. There was that guy from Sunderland being mentioned in the last squad. Um, there's reports of calls for the likes of Johnny Russell. Uh, we've obviously mentioned Ryan Gould before to be incorporated into the setup. Uh, you know, uh, down the line. So, yeah, we need to look to expand the squad that we've got, as good as it is, you know, to meet the demands of club football yeah. and obviously this international schedule. Possibly. But um, actually, Stevie Clark's used a lot of players, Stephen. So, whether it is new faces, so called new faces like Tony Watt, um, or whether it's. Yeah, or you know the Ryan Golds of the world, or maybe it's just people that have been in and, and then out. We, you know, we hope Ryan Jack comes back from injury. James yeah. Forrest not played a lot of football for Scotland recently, so I mean, he has used a lot of players, believe it or not. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think Gordon said it. They, they like being around that squad now. I know they always say this. They always say we have a club atmosphere. We're, we're good, good pals. There's no cliques, but they do seem to enjoy it. They do seem to like it. He's got options. He's got players who want to play for him. I'd love to see Ryan Gold getting a crack at it. We yeah. have to see it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Thank you to George on 01419511025. Uh, you might be able to still squeeze a call in. I think it's ambitious, but you can keep in touch on Twitter. Uh, at Clyde SSB. Um, just before we we go, Stephen, what will the the rest of the week look like? Then it should be an it should be a really exciting time, building up to the first cup final of the the season. Do you detect any acceleration in, in talks between league bodies, GRG, and, and clubs tomorrow? Is that something that that we should look out for? Or I think it'll only happen, Gordon, if there is some kind of instruction from the government. Um, I know Nicholas Sturgeon today has asked. Boris Johnson for financial help bring back the furlough scheme that would, that would give it options to, to bring in more restrictions but I mean I think everybody is sitting right now on the edge of their seat I think clubs are worried I think they're concerned I think that's justified but as I can only repeat what we said earlier there's no question people at the top of the GRG the Joint Response Group they're determined to keep this going at all costs because I think there is an appreciation that clubs are skint Effectively, after the, the the COVID crisis, like pubs, like hospitality, can't afford to go down that road again. We need to keep playing, need to keep the match day income coming in, need to not jeopardise the, the TV contract. Yes, we need to keep people safe though. The interesting thing will be, well, will some fans of their own volition decide to stay away? Uh, it's often been about time added on tonight. We're almost into time added on. So let's round off this teaser if we can. David Lachlan sent it in. Thank you, David. He got in touch full time at Clyde1.com.
Scotland.com Looking for the last 10 Scotsmen to score In a League Cup final It is League Cup final weekend You're doing pretty well You've got Sean Rooney You've got James Forrest You've got Ryan Christie Michael Gardine Chris Commons Ryan Stevenson Stephen Thompson Kenny Miller So Is that two to get? Is my How's my arithmetic? Uh, yeah, I need a clue Need a clue If we're talking mm-hmm. about Scottish goal scorers You've missed a really obvious one Chris Boyd? Yes Yeah And now the last one it Depends how unfair I feel like being on you There are two names down here Now they both scored in the one game So technically One of them was in the last 10 and, and one wasn't but if you could give me either do you remember the 2007 League Cup final by any chance I told you it was between Hibs and Kilmarnock goals for Scotland as well this guy he's still going strong no so we're back a bit before that so scored goals for Scotland as well this guy he's still going strong down south in the English Championship with Stoke Oh Fletcher Stephen oh, Fletcher Thank goodness I mean technically Gordon Greer scored In the same game But if, if you want to be accurate Stephen Fletcher scored Later on in the match Than he did So there we go Thank you Stephen McGowan Gordon DL You look after yourself I will do Thanks guys There we go He's he's home already It's an easy journey For him this evening Thanks for all your calls And your tweets Thanks for being patient with us Obviously Gordon's at home We've had a, a few of those Situations this week And um, I'm sure you all understand So thank you for your patience Like I say tomorrow Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller Will be here Looking forward to catching up With those guys And in the meantime You can just stay right there Because Callum Gallagher Is up next So he'll look after you For the rest of the night And I'll be back at 6 tomorrow